mind, body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack life, not others, is an insight into that life. With Sensei Tim Hoover. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Sensei Hoover. I'm Steve Mittman. This is a very important episode because we're going to introduce a principle that I think will play a major factor moving forward from this point on. The next several weeks are going to be very interesting. As you might know, when we get on a topic, we kind of group it and we'll do like two or three weeks in a row where we're addressing that same issue or topic in a different manner and we kind of break it into parts, maybe part one, two, and three. That's what we're doing now, but the next several weeks are crucial to what this podcast is all about, the message we're getting out there, and I think really important for you as the listener to just absorb, and it's a very serious matter. It is. It is. It's about the right to protect as a citizen in the United States as well as specific to the state of Pennsylvania. We invited Judge Bob Steinberg on the show, who's a lifelong friend who's been there in so many situations, not just for me, I mean, with the breakathon and everything else, but also his profession has taken him into such extreme situations of violence. And he came on the show two and a half years ago. We didn't air it. We never no, aired we it. It never saw the light of day. We yeah. have it sitting here, this incredible you know, interview and just a whole discussion with Judge Steinberg. So that's coming up in future weeks. We're going to break that discussion up into several episodes, but we want to kind of lay the foundation right now. Yeah. And in it too is some personal experiences that I talk about that happened to me. And he talks about some experiences that happened to him. And then he just really lays out a very straight and narrow path as far as our rights. He describes like force what your right is, 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 especially as a citizen or just as a martial artist, that you're responsible for a little bit more education in how to defend yourself. That's going to be looked at. He also looks at the castle law, the right to protect in your house, and your home, the differences between the two. And it's just really important, especially if you train in the martial arts and you train in a reality-based system, you got to really be able to evaluate how far you're going to take it when you stop. And that's hard to do. It was a crazy world back then. It always is. It's never just, uh, you know, this utopian world that we would all like to have. But since that recording two and a half, three years ago, the world's gotten even scarier more and weapons, more crazy. That's right. Weapons have increased. And I have to tell you that we had a, a basis of weapon defense in our system, but nothing like we have in the past, uh, I'm going to say 10 years. We've, we've really researched, did a lot of work, had a lot of seminars. And I'm very proud of the weapons program we have. The way we train and the way we drill and what we do brought me to the way you kind of look at things and evaluate things. But first of all, our weapons class, we call it white shirt night. Everything goes. Belts go. Everything goes. No matter what our dress code is, you wear the white shirt. Second thing is we work with these knives that I had prepared that have a place to put in a magic marker. So when you're dealing with a knife, all you got to do is look at your shirt at the end of class. It's a two-hour class, and you look down, and you go, oh, my God, I got stabbed everywhere. Your hands are full of magic marker, all different colors, because every time you fight somebody different, he's got a different blade with a different color, a brown and orange and so on and so on. So it's a very intense class. When you are drilling, we drill, and when we're fighting, I play loud music to bring in a lot of noise from the outside. And it's chaotic, but I believe in training in chaos. Sensory overload, it's going to be crazy on the street. Exactly, exactly. And so what I wanted to do was take this episode and talk about weapons a little bit and what we do to kind of stimulate that kind of action and reaction and then talk about a thought that came in my head and how that thought, I can see it processing that 
the way I do a lot of things and probably the way a lot of people do a lot of things. So anyway, as as we progress here, just kind of think about this night. You know, we're looking at weapons, not just knife, but also gun. And we're going through scenarios and we're doing the drills and so on and so on. And we're doing the body areas of the zones, the face, the center and so on. Blocking is so different. You know, you normally block and your wrists are exposed. The inside of your arm is exposed. So when you block a blade, you have to block as if you have surgical gloves on. Um, you have to block with the fatty inside part of your arm. So everything's kind of different. And the reason I like teaching weapons classes so much is that there is absolutely no room for error. If you slip, if you miss, you're done especially with a gun. If you go to grab that guy's arm and then work in a technique and you miss that arm or don't grab totally and he breaks loose, it takes a second to pull that trigger. So your awareness is heightened, your execution's a little different, and everybody's kind of pumped up. So before class, I always go into about 45 minutes of meditation as to what I want to do. Even after all these years, it requires a lot of thinking. As to the class and the Just the game plan moving uh, forward, what yeah. you want to do, or you want to take the students exactly what you want to discuss in that class. Yeah, and I actually visualize it. So as I'm visualizing this, I'm realizing, what do you need to do? And so the first thing that came to my mind was, first is commitment. When you're dealing with a particular uh, individual and, and you're out in the public, or maybe it's in your house, and Bob Steinberg talks about some of his stories too. When you're dealing with that, first of all, is you got to commit. Whatever your decision is, you got to commit 100% in thought, in mind, in soul, in spirit, everything. You got to commit. The second you commit, then execute. And when you execute, whatever that is, that execution's got to be right on. After that execution, then you always have to evaluate. And I think from Bob Steinberg's point of view, Judge Steinberg's point of view, the evaluation is the key. Because somebody's coming at you with a knife, which this happened to me when I was a young man. I was a green belt at the time. This kid came at me with a knife. I was a store detective at that time in Montgomeryville, which is right outside Philadelphia. And this kid came after me with a knife. And I remember using the one thing over and over. I kicked him four or five times with the front kick. And I knocked him down, recovered the knife. And at that time, the only thing we were given was handcuffs. We weren't allowed to carry any kind of weapon. And I realized that I forgot that day, handcuffs. I did not commit totally. Obviously, I couldn't execute. I did enough with the front kicks, but I couldn't put the guy in handcuffs. So I still didn't know what else this kid had on him. So as I'm taking him back to the office to call the local police, this kid goes after me again. And, but again, fortunately for me, I was far enough away that I could use a sidekick and a sidekicked him into the drywall. And then that was the end of the day. The bottom line is, is that this happened to me when I was a young man. And that also started the process of weapons and, you know, where we are today. So the thing is, is when you're doing these things, you can't hesitate. You have to commit. And if you pause, if you don't do something, you're going to get hurt. I have to stop you. I'm going to ask this question on behalf of martial artists, but also non-martial artists. When you say commit, where does that come from? In my opinion, you've got to formulate that. You've got to think about that ahead of time. Priorities, like anything in life, are you going to be able to commit as far as moving forward? And uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to lay it out there. There are some people that just don't have that in them and they'll lay down and die. Sure. I mean, so what are you willing to commit to? How far will you go? Well, it's a flight, fight, or freeze. It's those three words. You either fight, or you flee, or you freeze. And um, if you're training in the martial arts, you, you train to fight. You have to do something, and who knows if your family's with you or your girlfriend or whatever. So it's fight, flight, or 
freeze. But also true martial artists. And this is not a knock towards anyone. Listen, if anyone has a problem with this statement, then you are the problem. Because a true martial artist will appreciate this next statement. But basically, we fight so that we don't have to fight. We're not looking for a fight. A true martial artist, as we've talked about in the past, is a peaceful warrior. It's much better to have the skills to be able to defend yourself and your loved ones and fight and take someone out if need be than not have them and you put in the ground. A martial artist, in my opinion, is not like Conor McGregor. He's basically a little boy that has a temper. That's not a martial artist, in my opinion. Right. And I agree. It's always about your brain and your placement of your mind and what happens between your two ears. I mean, that's everything. And that's all the selves that we talk about. And you got to have it all. But the thing about it is, is this this particular class, you're you're in a white shirt. The guy across you's got this knife with a magic marker in it. You're sweating. It's hot. I mean, it was had to be close to 100 degrees in the dojo the other day. And this guy is already looking to come at you. So you already are looking at assessing the situation that this is not a walkaway situation. This is not a freeze situation. And I think everybody there, including myself, is to kind of sand away all the rust. It's just like with a firearm. Everybody today is buying firearms. Well, if you don't go and practice that weapon, you might as well not you might as well not use it. You got to bring up the awareness. You got to go through these cycles. Use these senses, or they get old, just like anything else. Just like an old muscle, you got to use it. You got to use it. And if you don't use it, you're going to probably end up abusing it, using it the wrong way. So the thing is, is that it's the minute this starts, it's a commitment, and that commitment is to react. That reaction is totally your whole body. You're trying to save yourself. This is not about just sparring and then maybe getting clipped with a jab on the jaw and, you know, shaking your buddy's hand. Hey, next time having a little better control. This is about a real situation. This guy is lurching at me, coming into my area, not using a real knife, but hopefully if something happens, you know, you can deal with it because you have the practice through exercise. After that, it's execution. And this all happens within a split second execution. Do you move? Do you 45 degree it? Do you move in? Do you counter move? Do you strike? Do you grapple? At the end, it's evaluation. Is the guy on the ground? Do I have the gun? Do I have the knife? Do I return fire? Do I stab this person? Because my anger is so far up and out of control because this guy was trying to kill me. Now, do I say to myself, well, you tried to kill me, so I'm going to try to kill you. Well, listen, I'm going to date the show right now. If You're probably aware, but right now in the news, there was a story of a guy that went in the store. And this is happening right now as we speak at the time of this recording, this episode. His wife is in the car. There was a gentleman that walked up to the vehicle and he was giving them a hard time because they were parked at a handicapped spot. Whether they had the right to use the handicapped spot or not. Did you hear the story? No, I did not. Whether they had the right to use the handicapped spot or not. That's irrelevant. But there's this gentleman, he walked up to the family to the point where the wife had to get out of the car. He was in her face yelling at her within inches of her face. The husband comes out of the store and this is his first, uh, this is what he's encountering. There's a guy that he does not know inches away from his wife giving her a hard time and it looks very animated. He comes over. His first reaction is he pushes him. He shoves him away from his wife and I would do that too. The guy fell on the ground. Well, what do you know? He pulls out a gun and he fires it and he shoots him point blank. The guy died. Now, this is happening as we speak right now. And in the court of law, I mean, it's going to proceed. But legally, the judge said he couldn't, he didn't do anything wrong. He was in fear of his life. But then people are saying, you can't instigate an altercation 
and then say, wait, I was afraid for my life. Well, that's, you know, I think your answer is going to be on the next two episodes with Judge Steinberg, because he does say, you know, everything comes down to like force. And I can remember in the show, I asked him to find like force. Like force is somebody comes at you with a baseball bat, you have a right to come out to them with a baseball bat. If somebody comes at you with a baseball bat and they're seven feet away, you do not have the right to shoot them. There's different laws that we have as citizens versus a a police officer. And you can look at what's going on with police officers today. They are being judged more than ever just from them being in the position to protect. And, you know, the worst thing in the world, the worst thing in the world is also for you to be defending your family. And number one, for you to be killed, I mean, obviously, but if you're defending your family and you are killed, you know, obviously you're going to put your life ahead of your family. But let's just say you overreact. And then you kill this guy who's trying to hurt your family and you end up in jail. That's like a double whammy. Right. So you've got to be careful. But what he does define is the like force issue. And there is a difference if somebody breaks into your house. Somebody breaks into your house, there is no like force. It's over. He's, he penetrated your home. Now you can do whatever you need to do to defend yourself. Bottom line is, is that, you know, first of all, it's so easy to get paranoid. And look around and think we're surrounded by a bunch of aliens, that everybody has a master plan of some kind of violence and harm. It's not true. There's a lot of good people around that will be there for you. And all there is is just crazy people that are going to do crazy things. The media takes it, blows it out of proportions. The idea is that you can go through life and, and never be harmed, but you never know. And I've had some experiences already. I know you have and several others. And the reason you do the martial arts is to increase your awareness. And if this ever does happen, that you know how to react. And if you do react, react the right way and always evaluate and don't go over what you've already done. If this situation is already arrested, if it's already resolved, don't take it too far because you will be judged by 12. And then the saying goes, would you rather be judged by 12 or buried by six? That's something that happens within that second that you've got to make that decision within yourself. And that happens prior to any assault, any altercation. That comes to, again, going back to your values, your priorities, how much you value your life, your loved one's life. Because again, like you said, you can come out on top, you can kill someone, your life's still over at that point. So you might be alive, but you're going to be in jail for the rest of your life. Right, exactly. If you made the wrong decision in that split second in the heat of the moment. Exactly. And think about showing up at a class and standing with gear on, foam gear, you know, or hand gear, and then, you know, bowing and going into, you know, a little bit of maybe ground fighting or or stand-up or whatever. You know, versus a guy that, uh, you know, got a knife in his hand and you're already prepped that this is not a jab. This is not a partial, you know, tap out lock. There's so many things you can't do with a knife that you may be able to do with a gun depending on distance. For instance, a knife is fluid. It's always moving. So to grapple a knife isn't smart. You've got to hit the attacker and you got to get in and get out. That knife is fluid. It's sometimes much more dangerous than is a gun. A gun is static. A gun is still, which gives you the opportunity to grab a gun and then arrest the situation. So they're kind of opposite. You know, you kick a guy with a gun, a partial kick, he's going to shoot you. You've got to take the gun away immediately and aim it towards the ground and then work from there. A knife, you know, if you try to grapple a knife, the guy's probably going to pull out, cut your wrist while he's pulling out and it's over. So just the mindset. And then there's so, there's broken bottles in the bar. There's baseball bats. There's all these other things. 
a guy that's really good with a knife, a guy that trains with a knife, the guy that knows how to use a knife, you're not going to beat. That's your worst nightmare. That's, that's the your worst, worst case scenario for anybody that trains in this knows that it's not pretty. But the guys like that and guys like that also practice the right practice in firearms are the guys that you're never going to meet. They're not going to do the wrong thing. Right. These are people that are just out of it, could be drunk, drugged up, whatever. They come at you, they're stupid. And then you get the right at the time to react and have the process of those three words. Again, commit, execute, and evaluate. And then at the time when I thought about that, I started realizing how it connected again to the gateway of what we talk about, attack life, not others, how it opens up this whole area of thinking from everything I do, conversation, this podcast, my friendships, my relationships, everything that I do starts with commitment. After commitment, I got to execute. I got to give it all I got. And then after that, you always still have to evaluate. That's how you become a better person. You have to judge yourself. You have to look at yourself. You have to evaluate. And one without the three, one or two doesn't work. It's all three. Commit, execute, and evaluate. And take those three things and look at that in your world where you thrive and say, well, gee, you know, where do, where, do, I, do I 50% commit? Do I 75% commit? Don't. If you're not going to commit totally, don't do it. Commit 100% execute 100% and then evaluate. And then you got something. And it's I so think it, profound. It is. It is. It is. This is going to be a recurring theme. It's going to be a foundation that we move forward. As we move forward with this podcast, that's going to keep showing up in everything we talk about, everything we do. C-E-E, -E, yeah. commit, <laughs> execute, evaluate. Like you said, I'm not a CEO, I'm a CEE. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, you do that with the things that you love to do as well as the things you don't like to do. I mean, if you take it, this podcast is a lot of fun for me. I'm having a blast. And every time, you know, Steve and I talk about what we're going to do next time, I mean, can we do better than the last podcast? I'm thinking, what's the topic going to be? What's the conversation going to be? Because I don't know. And the next thing you know, I'm with my great students. We're in scenarios or with my detective agency, something happens. I call Steve and I said, hey, I think we got a new topic. I think we got something to talk about that will not only just help us as martial artists, but also that will be able to just present as everyday living. Yeah, but you know what that is? That is from your martial arts foundation. You're a student of life. Your awareness is at a high level as we preach, as we talk about, and that's because there's a lot going on in this world and you're aware of it. You observe. You can always learn from any situation and then you apply that and you're evaluating. You're I, constantly evaluating yourself. I am, but I think if I would have retired or stopped or got bored or lost, uh, you know, the passion for the arts, you know, this stuff wouldn't come out. And it's it's the idea that I'm still thinking about how to, how to improve it and how to think better because it starts with thinking. The execution is not first. It's the commitment and it's the execution. You've got to be there and everything's played, as I said earlier, between those two big ears, Steve. And then from there, you move on. So I think it's good. I'm excited. Again, Judge Steinberg coming up next week and the following week. We did it in two different parts. And I think you're going to really get educated. And you're going to really understand where you are as martial artists and what your right is of self-defense in the state of Pennsylvania. But also non-martial artists, too. Just the average person. Oh, absolutely. The average person on the street. Always. Wants to know where they stand, what they can and cannot do these days. Absolutely. And thanks again. I appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. Podcast. And for more on Sensei Hoover's way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. 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 Steve Mittman social media.com.